0: Every time I post on Instagram, I lose followers. No word of a lie. to part three of my 23 lessons of the year 2023. If you haven't listened to part one and part two make sure you skip back listen to those first. I think it's better to have context. Of course these are not in order like there's no hierarchy it's just been a bit of a spew onto the page of things that I've really learned and lent into this year. So let's kick it off with number 11. Just quickly, a word from today's sponsors. Unless, of course, you're one of our Venti members, in that case, there are no ads and your episode is about to keep playing. Ever catch
1: yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Gigi Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
0: Showing my full self in love. It has only taken me 36 years of being alive. I shouldn't say that because I'm sure my parents would say that they feel as though they had my full self as well as a baby toddler child, probably as a teen as well. But in terms of romantic partnerships, this has been the year that I have really felt that I've just shown who I am in a romantic relationship without holding certain parts of myself back for fear of being rejected. And that's not to say that I don't experience those fears and thoughts sometimes, but definitely after going through a separation, dating again, I think it just comes with age as well. And also just, I guess, with introspection and life experience and therapy, like I am just the biggest advocate for therapy. But I really believe that in this romantic relationship that I am currently in, This is so different for me compared to other romantic partnerships because I have just shown my full self, the bits that I have never allowed anyone else to see or know about me. And that's not to say that I've got like these deep, dark secrets or terrible parts of myself that, you know, I've kept under wraps, but more to say that for me, as I've gotten older, I've certainly realized that in relationships in the past There has been a real performative lens that I have shown up with. And that's not to say that I felt as though I was acting in past relationships, but it certainly is to say that for me, I didn't realize that I had all of this like stuff below the surface. And when I say stuff, I guess past beliefs and conditioning and fears that I had to be a certain way to feel and to be worthy of love. And so there were certain behaviors that I would really lean into to try and be as lovable as possible, to be as perfect as possible. And when I say perfect as possible, that would change depending on relationships. I really realized, oh, I do this thing in relationships where I will intuit what I think the other person wants me to be like, and I will do everything in my power to give them that version of me. And again, it's not to say that I was being fake or being disingenuous, but I was so desperate to be loved that I would bring those things to the surface and prioritize them over my own needs and wants. I don't even think I really knew what I needed or wanted in past relationships And that's not to say that I am perfect in this relationship and that I nail it all the time because neither of us do at all. I literally have recorded podcast episodes in the past. There's one that is titled, this relationship is not easy. You can search for it and go back and have a listen because I think it is really important that people understand that you can post a cute video on Instagram and be having difficult conversations. It's not like this binary thing between everything is amazing or everything is terrible, all relationships take work and we have to choose what work we have depending upon our relationships, you know? I remember a podcast guest saying to me that when you exit one relationship, you're trading it in for another set of problems, a different thing that you're probably going to end up working on with someone else. And I think that's very important to keep in mind. But for me, in this stage of life, this relationship, I don't know if you just heard that sound, that was my hot water bottle, (laughs) probably sounded a bit strange, but um, just really being fully myself and I feel like Brendan really sees me and knows me and loves me regardless, like he's seen me very angry, he's seen me really down on myself, he has seen me go through really hard personal turmoil. He's definitely seen me at my worst and I think he's seen me at my best and I don't feel like he loves me any differently. And I don't know whether past partners had the capability to do that and I just never gave them the chance to do it because I was so committed to not showing certain sides of myself. So that's probably a whole other conversation for another day. But this has been a year for me that I'm like, yeah, good job, Kylie. And whilst I have no idea what the future holds and where things will go and how I'll reflect on things in another year or two, like we're always changing. I do feel right now where I'm at, very proud that I have shown up as myself fully and allowed myself to be loved just for who I am at my core Not for all these other reasons not for what I can do for someone or how I look or how I make that other person feel or what I represent to them. And that's been a really huge gift for me personally. Next up, number 12. This has been a year for me and I don't know whether this is a lesson. I guess it kind of is. But when I think about this year, this has definitely been the year that I have been more makeup free than ever. And I am not someone who demonizes makeup at all. I love, like I genuinely think making myself a tea or a coffee or having one of my little magnesium drinks and playing a podcast and getting myself ready. I enjoy that process. It's always been something I have done as a hairdresser, as a flight attendant, as a female in this world. It's always been part of my process of getting ready is putting on makeup And we could unpack that until the cows come home. But this year, especially, I have gone makeup free more than ever. And I don't feel any differently about myself when I am makeup free. And I think that's important. I had someone recently on Instagram say to me, well, how can you talk about not feeling any differently when you don't have makeup on when some days you choose to wear it? And it really is a very complex thing. I think to start unpacking the beauty load. And I definitely encourage you to listen to my podcast conversation with Nicole Matheson, where we tackle what it is to be living in a society where the beauty load is very, very real. I'm not the perfect person. I'm not the perfect feminist, but my self-esteem does not hinge on how I look anymore. And I think it used to a lot. I used to put a lot of value and a lot of effort and a lot of, um, my self-worth in that stuff. Whereas now, like I just will happily go about my day and about my life without a single scratch of makeup on. And I don't feel any less worthy or, um, yeah, just, I don't, it doesn't impact my self-esteem. Whereas a couple of years ago, I would have needed, you know, a significant amount of time to get dressed and put a lot of thought into outfits. And I still love, you know, choosing clothes, but I just don't put as much weight into outfits or makeup or tan or perfect hair in the way that I used to, even though, yes, I still engage in those behaviors. The difference lies in how I feel about myself when I don't and when I do as well. Next up. This year has been one for really tuning into trusting my instincts when it comes to parenting. And parenting, when you're in a parallel parenting dynamic, is really challenging. And yes, I'm very grateful that I have a great support system in terms of Brendan is a wonderful partner, he's a wonderful stepdad to the boys. There are certain times in your life that, you know, as you're parenting kids, you do wish that you could just pick up the phone and have a chat with their biological parent about certain things and I don't have that and I wish that I did and this has been a year for me where I've really had to lean into trusting my own parenting instincts more than ever and that is hard when there's a lot of noise out there about what's wrong, what's right and also when you have agreed to other things in the past as well. There's a lot of pressure And it's not easy to always listen to what your actual instinct is, but this year I really have. And instinctually, I felt like we had to get the kids into a new school and it wasn't an easy thing. I had to basically do like backflips and cartwheels and, you know, all of these things to try and make it happen. Not literally, but figuratively, it was a lot of effort and it's been really worth it. And also, I just felt that my son had ADHD. And so exploring that, even though other people in his life completely don't believe that that's true, I really have felt a lot of validation when I do follow my instincts. And so that's been a massive one for me. And I wish I could say more on that topic, but I will have to leave it there. Parenting is one of those things that you think like before you have kids you often think oh it will come really naturally and i'll know exactly what to do but then you have kids and there's so many things to consider and so many moving parts and mum guilt is so um, prevalent and it's so heavy and it really does make it hard to see through the fog sometimes but this year i have allowed myself a bit of time and a bit of space and and trusted some of those instincts when they drop in. And every single time so far, I've been really glad that I have. Next up, this has been a year <laughs> that every time I post on Instagram, I lose followers. No word of a lie, I lose followers. Every single time I post something on Instagram and as someone who works in the e-commerce space and, you know, I use social media as, I guess, amplification for the podcast, that can be really confronting. And it can also like kind of make you reflect on who you are when you're saying something that you feel is important or is a representation of you. And people are like, absolutely not. No, thank you. I am out of here. But I flipped it around and it didn't take much of the mental gymnastics to really flip it around and go, oh, you know what? That's great. That's self-selection. That is people that see a post and go, oh yeah, I no longer align with this person. I no longer want her in my feed. I'm going to opt out. And I would truly rather a room full of 10 people or a social media following of 10 people who care and who want to be there versus 80,000 people who don't really care and don't really want to be there. So that's been really interesting for me because a couple of years ago, had you said, Kylie, every time you post, people are going to choose to not have you in their feed. They're going to click unfollow. I think I would have felt really uncomfortable within myself and really questioned what I was doing and probably try to keep up with old methods that I felt kept people there and try and keep giving people what I imagine that they want. Whereas now I very much feel like, oh, that's a great thing. I would rather that you like me for who I am, not like me for who I'm pretending to be. And it probably goes hand in hand with my first point about feeling like I'm at a place in my life where I can show people who I truly am. And that's certainly not a perfect person. And it is someone who speaks about things that are not just to do with parenting. And I am a bit of a mixed bag. And it's interesting when I look at feedback from social media, because, you know, sometimes my top performing posts will be a workout, like a workout that I share has so many saves. And that feels nice to know people are going, oh, yeah, I'm gonna save this and try this later. I like that because I'm someone who saves workouts on Instagram as well.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices.
0: it's so much more meaningful to me to have five people save an audio grab that could change the way that they think or make them feel less alone. So that's been a massive one for me is just like, oh yeah, I'm actually okay. Like I am okay with people opting out. And that doesn't mean that they're bad. It doesn't mean that I'm bad. We all have a right to curate the sort of feed that we want. Next up the importance, and I cannot stress this enough, the absolute importance and the essential fact that I believe we have to change our minds. We have to be able to change our minds to grow, to expand, to evolve, and we have to normalize changing our minds. If I was to reflect back on you know, whatever topic it might be and go, oh yeah, I haven't changed my view or my stance or how I feel about that, I think I would actually feel disappointed. And so allowing myself the freedom, the permission to change my mind, to change my perspective, to learn has been really, really like pivotal in my growth as a human being. And it's been fascinating. And again, back to my earlier point about social media and people that follow along online, I will still get messages from people who will point out, you know, times I've contradicted myself often over like a period of five to 10 years. Like literally people will message me about things I said five years ago or when the boys were babies and try to, I guess, hold me accountable for something I said in the past or want me to justify or admit like, yes, that's a contradiction. And that can feel really uncomfortable because you can be kind of hard on yourself and think, oh, you know, I'm such a shit person, I should never have said that, or, you know, I don't have any convictions or whatever it is. But no, like this year especially, I have seen changing my mind as a marker of growth and maturity and such a positive thing. And I think about that with other people as well, like not holding people to account, to the letter, to things that they have said or done in the past, every single one of us is always becoming a new version of ourselves from experiences that we go through. As I mentioned in one of the previous life lesson episodes, you know, just really looking at stigma and privilege and belief systems and biases and phobias has been truly enlightening and has changed my stance on so many things. And I know that in a year, in five years, in 10 years, it will keep evolving and keep changing, hopefully, God willing. And we have to look at that as a positive. If you are not looking back on your life choices, opinions, and experiences and thinking that there are things that you would do differently or that you wish you had more knowledge on certain topics, then I think you're doing life wrong. Not not because like I want to point the finger and be like, you're terrible, you're not changing, but because I think it's so important that we normalize how much change can be a positive thing and how it often is a reflection of growth. Changing your mind about something doesn't need to mean that you don't have morals or you don't have values or that you're flippant. Changing your mind is a brilliant thing. And I've said this before, like when you know better, you do better. And I really do live by that. And I don't want to beat myself up over things in the past or make people in my life feel like they have to stay in a container from something that's in their past. We all have the right to change and grow and evolve and emerge as a different version of ourselves without feeling like that's a bad thing. So anyway... As I move into the next part of this list of 23 lessons from the year of 2023, I'm going to be chatting about enjoyment and vitality and explanations, surrendering, like compassion, so much stuff in the next section. And I'm going to pop all of that into a subscriber episode. So if you're not yet a podcast subscriber, what are you waiting for? Come on over for the cost of less Than a cup of coffee per month, you can be a podcast supporter, a subscriber, and have a bonus episode every single week in your feed that you will not hear anywhere else, and episodes that are ad free as well. Details are in the show notes if you feel called to support the podcast and you feel good about supporting women who are just women in general. Like that's been another actually massive life lesson for me is rather than when I see a creator charging for something, rather than being like, Ugh, why would I pay that? Or who does she think she is? My whole perception on it has completely evolved. You know, I was even like, so I'm going off on a tangent here, but I was chatting with my mum because she's going to take some time off work to help. She's going to care for the boys while Brandon and I go away for a couple of nights. And I said to her, like, I'm so grateful and I want to pay you to do that. And my mom is like, absolutely not. You will not pay me to look after my grandchildren. And I hear her and I don't want to make her feel uncomfortable. But at the same time, she's a single woman and she needs to earn money. And when she is taking time out of work or out of annual leave, I want to make sure that it's not at a cost to her. Much like recently, I was invited to speak at an event and they asked me to send through my fees. And I was like, oh, no, I'm not going to charge you. I want to speak at this event. And the lady responded and said, OK, firstly, women do this far too often. You have a right to be remunerated for your work. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. And it all kind of mashes in together. And that's why in terms of the podcast subscription, I have fully expected pushback on it and I do understand it because you might feel like oh it feels a bit grimy you know she's mentioning this subscription there's no gun to your head you do not have to become a podcast subscriber but there are I think I've mentioned two podcasts I personally subscribe to and I feel so good doing that because they're content creators that I enjoy that I respect and when it comes to thinking about capitalism I like that I can skip the ads And yes, that sounds probably quite hypocritical as someone who works in, you know, this industry where advertising is part of it. But for me, I feel good about that $6, that $7 spend per month, considering cups of coffee right now are so expensive. I feel good about that when it comes to the creators that I want to support. So that was a bit of a ramble and a bit of a bonus life lesson for me is like, no, no, it's okay to value yourself. It's okay to say, i like i'm gonna do this and it's part of my work so anyway links are in the show notes i really do appreciate you being here stay tuned for the rest of the lessons over on the subs episodes Today's podcast episode was recorded on the land of the Bunjilung Nation. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea, and community. We pay our respect to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row?